Yeah, hey, I'm Kylie and it is so nice to have you with us. And my name's Sean, thank you for joining us yet again. So we're outside again today, we're actually down by the river. In the background last week I think there was a few birds in the background. In this, in this recording this week there should be birds, there's probably a bit of traffic noise in the background. We just want to bring, bring it to you from outside so you can enjoy the wildlife. Mm, the wildlife of the wildfire tribe, which is us and creation, co-creating together a fabulous and wonderful mystical new future. So we just rode down here on our motorbike, our wildfire tribe motorbike. We'll post some photos and a little bit of video for you to have a look. You can have a look at those on Wildfire Tribe on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Jump on, follow us guys. We've always got heaps of stuff coming out. We've posted a couple of amazing new videos this week, which uh, I'm just answering some of those questions about uh, being a mystic. They are available to view on YouTube. Yes, YouTube. So yeah. Wildfire Tribe, you'll be able to see those clips. So that's something new that we're working on. So we're constantly trying to just put things out there for people to engage with. So we, uh, we've already covered many topics right from the beginning of our podcast, all to do with being a Christian mystic right through to how to navigate life when things happen in your life that are unexpected. Today's topic is... The woman at the well. The woman at the well. So have you got a Bible reference for her? Today we're going to actually do like a Bible study like... Audrey's house on a Wednesday <laughs> night with some scones and some tea. Ah, oh, yeah, come on, let's have scones. What is it? <laughs> it's John chapter 4. John chapter 4, the woman at the well. So why the woman at the well, babe? Like, you were the one that came up with this great idea to talk about the woman at the well. What's going on with the woman at the well? Yeah, so it's that, uh, it's, it's that mystical coincidence type stuff again that happens when you're walking with God, you know, the stuff that happens where uh, people use that word coincidence and that type of thing. So one night earlier on in the week, I was going to sleep. And before I went to sleep, I thought I should read a bit of my Bible tonight just to try and set myself up for those mystical type dreams. You know, when you read your Bible and you read things about God before you go to bed, you're just more likely to have those those Bible dreams. So I was doing that. I was reading, just uh, flicking through, nothing. I wasn't really looking for anything in particular, but I started to read John 4. And John 4 talks about Jesus and the woman at the well and Jesus being at the well, which is Joshua's well. That's the name of the well, and that's where he meets the Samaritan woman. And so I read about that, and then the next afternoon I was talking to a fellow that uh, just on the on the phone, and we were just talking away about the mysteries of God, and he actually brought up John 4, the woman at the well. He actually spoke about her, and I said, no way. I said, you wouldn't believe what I was reading last night before I went to bed. I was reading John 4 about the woman at the well. So that's just one of those coincidental type things, but also in the midst of it all, Strangely enough, what's the fellow's name who wrote the Passion Translation of the Bible? Brian Simmons. Brian Simmons, that's right. He posted on his Facebook page about the woman at the well as well. So it's just like, wow, I think we've got to have a bit more of a look at this story. And so that's why I decided to make it a topic for today. So her name 
I don't think I ever even sort of thought about whether she had a name or not because in John it just speaks about Jesus talking to her, uh, the fact that she'd had five husbands previously and that the man that she was with now was not her husband. What else did I know about her? Uh, what she's, else? She's a Samaritan woman. She's a Samaritan woman. She was at the well getting a drink or looking for a drink mm. in the middle of the day. What else do we know about her from the, the Bible and going to church? Well, it was just the conversation that she had with Jesus, really, wasn't it? It was the talking about the him asking her for a drink, and she was wondering, "Why are you talking to me?" And um, there, you know, there's a lot of conversation and teachings and everything around that conversation that they had, and that Jews didn't talk to Samaritan people for a start. And then the layers of why are you at the well without a container? Like why have why and he and then he goes on to talk about having. So what did you think of her character from stories that you'd heard about her? If you'd ever heard about her spoken about in church, you know, and the fact that she'd had five husbands, what what have you sort of thought about that? I don't know that I really thought about it very much. I, I think maybe, you know, there might have been an insinuation perhaps that she was probably the kind of person that Jesus, why would he want to be hanging around with this kind of person? Um, but I, yeah, I don't suppose that I thought about it too much really. Yeah, so I, I think I'm pretty much the same. I think from going to church when I was young, just that mention maybe that she'd had five husbands makes you question yeah, what was going on with that? Why? Why had she seemingly, because in, in today's world, if somebody says they've had five husbands, I think it's fair to say you'd go, wow, what's happening there? You know, maybe one or two died or something, but it seems like there's something really strange about that. And it doesn't really talk about it in the Bible as to why she'd had five husbands and she was now living with a man who wasn't a husband. So for me, I think without maybe even consciously having arrived at this place, I think I just thought that, Maybe she was unfaithful or something like that. You know, maybe maybe I tangled up her story with the story of the woman that was about to be stoned. Mm. So you remember that that story? The woman's about to be stoned, and the men talking about who's going to throw the first stone. And and Jesus was there, and he said, you know, whoever has done nothing wrong, basically, you get to throw the first one. And and that prevented her from being being killed at that moment, from being stoned. I think I may have tangled up their stories and. And so the woman at the well, I think I suspected that possibly she was unfaithful as well. So what was it that changed then when you were, you know, talking to your friend about it, when you were reading what Brian Simmons had uncovered, when you were like, what were you thinking? Well, another time, probably a couple of weeks beforehand, I was flicking through Twitter one night and a fella on Twitter actually was also mentioning this woman at the well and he put it out there that perhaps this lady was actually barren so she was unable to have children which in his mind would have explained why it was that she'd had five husbands because perhaps husband one two three four five had all got sick of trying to have children with her and she she wasn't coming through with a child so they had left her that was his explanation so that was just another reason why I had just decided to keep on looking into this woman and, and find out who, who she was. So after a little bit of research since then, I've discovered that she actually has a name. Do you know what her name is? Is it Fotini? Yeah, it's 
spelt P-H-O-T-O-N-I, Fotini, something like that. Yeah, P-H-O-T-I-N-I. That's it. Fotini. Fotini. So when I did a little bit of research on it, I actually came across a place on the internet where they do a pronunciation, you know, where they where you press the button and it speaks her name. And, oh, okay. And there's three How of them on there, and it's the way they've pronounced it is Fatini. Fatini. Yeah, not what do we say? Fotini. Fotini. Fatini. Yeah, Fatini. That would make sense. Something like that, anyway. So that is a version of her name. It's understood that that is her name. The woman at the well actually had a name. It seems like we don't really understand why it is that she had had five marriages. I can't find anything about that at the moment in my research to tell me why it is. Uh, the man who tweeted that perhaps she was barren and therefore that's the reason why she was unable to stay with her husbands. I don't know that that's accurate either because the reading mm. that I've done suggests that she actually had two children, two of her own children. I just feel like as I've looked at this and unpacked kind of my understanding and then these little pieces that, that you've brought my attention to and the things that Brian Simmons had written about. I feel like this is just the mystical part of this is just this unraveling and this uncovering more of the untold stories. So I feel like there is this tendency for us to just look at scripture very two-dimensional. Like we're just looking at it like this flat story and we're not realising that there is a lifetime of things that these people are walking in around these, these singular moments or these tiny little pieces that we're reading about in scripture. So I guess for me, the diving in deeper is like, it's going, okay, well then there, there's like some kind of a multi-dimensional expansion that's going on here that's allowing us to, to see into this woman's life in a way that we had never seen before. So would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, what I find curious too is that we are satisfied with somebody appearing in the Bible such as this woman at the well, giving her that name, woman at the well, and then we, we don't delve into her story anymore. We move on to the next story. Mm. And this is a this is a person. This is like, it's like saying Sean met Kylie, at school, and not going into it any further to discover that then they got married. So far, they've been married for 29 years with two children, and lots of things happen in between. So it's just interesting, isn't it, that there's there's obviously not everything recorded during the time that Jesus walked the earth is able to be recorded in any one book. And so there are other accounts in history of the same time, but because they're not a part of the book called the Bible, then it's easy for us to not delve into them because we're so concentrated on just reading the Bible and finding out the truth of the Bible and we've also spoken before about a fear of you know investigating any further outside of the Bible because you now quite often we're told that the Bible is is the only book you know the only mm. book about the time it's to be trusted it's the God breathed inspired version of history at that time and therefore we don't necessarily stray any further outside of just the Bible at that time but that there is many places to find historical accounts of interactions 
with other people at that time and there's other books to, to go on. So are you telling me then that, you, that your now um, expanded knowledge on the woman at the well was, has come from outside of the Bible? Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so the, the more I've looked into the woman at the well outside of the Bible, obviously the more I've discovered and I guess that's where you make a, a judgment call as to whether you are okay with that information or not because it's not contained in that book called the Bible that mm. we're told is you know, the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And, and therefore there's that inference, if you like, that perhaps other books of the time, if, if parts of their accounts are not in the Bible, that maybe they're not true. Mm. But what I found out about her is her name is Fatini. It seems that she actually received baptism along with her five sisters at Pentecost. Now her five sisters and her two sons, Photonius and Joseph. So she went on from that time to become a missionary after being baptised at the day of Pentecost. She travelled far and wide. She preached the good news of the Messiah's coming, his death and his resurrection. Now when Nero, the emperor of Rome, began to persecute Christians, Fatini and her son Joseph were in Africa where she was preaching about the Christian gospel. So she travelled a lot. She was evangelistic. She mm. spread the good news of Jesus and his life and death and resurrection and, and her understanding of what that meant for all of humanity. So she's a very bold person. She was impacted by meeting Jesus in the flesh. She was impacted so much so that it was a fork in the road for her life. It was a change, a complete different direction of her life happened from that moment that she spoke to him at the well. Well, I love how um, in that excerpt that Brian Simmons writes about, he says in some of those sermons that they uncovered um, from the 4th to the 14th century, where they call her apostle and evangelist, in these sermons, the Samaritan woman is often compared to the male disciples and apostles and actually found to surpass them. Mm. Well, that's good news for the girls in the church, Kylie. <laughs> sort of really encouraging news because sometimes the girls get beaten up pretty badly too, don't they? When you, when you go onto Twitter and you have a look at the American preachers that are all preaching about how girls shouldn't be wearing bikinis to the beach and yoga pants and how it's tempting for the male species and how women shouldn't be allowed a voice in churches. It's really good news to and encouraging for the girls that, that somebody like the plain old humble Samaritan woman at the well went on to have a career in, in being evangelical. Yeah, absolutely. It did come at a cost though. <laughs> What was the cost? Well, I believe that she... Whose daughter was she? She was the daughter of her mum and dad. <laughs> well, I think she was involved with the conversion of the emperor's daughter. So when the emperor Nero's found... Nero's daughter. Yeah. yeah. So when the emperor, Nero, found out that Fatini had been involved in his daughter's conversion, he condemned her and her companions to death by fire. And this was a really cool part of that story, was for seven days the furnace burned and when the door of the furnace was opened, it was seen that the fire had not harmed You say it's a really cool part of the story, but it's not a part of the story that I want in my story. No, and it's it also not a... in an oven for seven days. No, it's also not a part of the story that I've ever heard of before. It's certainly not a part of the story that's in scripture. Well, none of her story is outside of 
the woman at the well. Yeah, outside of that one encounter. That's right. It's interesting. It's inspirational. It's also something there is that's a mystical wonder. Like there is a mystery held within that testimony of them being in that fire for seven days and and still being alive. Like yeah, you know there's what a lot there's a lot more to those stories too, de depending on where you look. And you'll find different variations of those accounts, including yeah. chime in a fire, including torture mm. over a number of days of all of the party, her, her um, and her children and people she was travelling with at the same time. So depending on where you look and how long you look into it, it, it seems like across the board that if you would accept that part of the accounts are true, it seems like she was, the woman at the well was Fatini, that she did have two children, that she was captured at a time for being evangelical and she was tortured and so were some members of the party that were with her. Mm. Yeah, well it's interesting, like when we first started talking about talking about the woman at the well and uh, when I first started sitting with it all I actually came back to that place of when God told Abraham to leave his home and I was thinking why am I thinking about this like when God told Abraham to leave his home he was actually telling him to leave the familiar because the familiar was actually killing his destiny the familiar is a mentality or it's an understanding it's this comfortable place and it's that comfortable place that is neutralizing us or we have to leave behind everything that we've known to press into the promises that are beginning to be uncovered right now and I feel like this story and just coming across another whole dimension of the woman at the well is just part of that space where you're making a choice. Am I pressing into the mystery of what is held here? So therefore, are there more layers of truth that I can actually begin to engage with as I'm beginning to discover what a life of walking with God is all about, what a life of mystery is all about, what a life of more is all about. It seems to me like the common theme throughout all biblical history and including our lives is that there seems to be a level of discomfort all of the time in following what God has for us. Yeah, definitely. It's like I just can't sort of think of an example of anybody in the Bible that, where it's listed that they had a revelation of who Jesus was in their life, who God was as in their creator, and they just sat in a lounge and had a comfortable existence. Yeah. That must mean we're on the right path, Kylie. Yeah, come on, honey. Come on. Yep. If these people that we talk about are the heroes of the faith and they lead a life of discomfort, yeah. Because that seems to be a trend. Absolutely. And you know, just because this is all we know doesn't mean this is all there is to know. It's like we're pushing beyond into those spaces that are uncomfortable. We're, we're like that process of the, the constant renewing of our mind where we're letting go of our current understanding and allowing our cellular makeup like our DNA to be infused with his DNA as we're just allowing ourselves to be these containers for more like you know like the container the container that she had at the well 
What did she do with that container? Yeah, so if you go into um, John chapter 4, obviously that's what we've been talking about the whole time. In John chapter 4, it, it, um, it doesn't really matter. I don't think which version of the Bible you read. It's going to talk about her interaction with Jesus, how strangely enough too, it seems like he was at the well without a container to fetch water. <laughs> he wasn't necessarily concerned about the water. My interpretation of it all is that he was there to meet this woman because when the disciples came back, they also asked him whether he wanted food or drink. And he said, I have, I have food that you know not of. <laughs> Come on. And they were perplexed because they couldn't understand. He had not been anywhere else. How could he possibly have food, etc., when he hadn't been anywhere else? Mm. And he also didn't have a container to draw water from the well with. So when the woman had her interaction with Jesus, realised who he was and ran off to town to tell everybody who he was, that she'd met this wonderful person who knew everything about her existence, who also promised that uh, if she was to drink water that he knows about, that she would never thirst again. It says, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst, in verse 14. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Come on. Eternal life. There it is again. <laughs> we talk about eternal life all of the time. It's <laughs> right throughout the Bible. Eternal life doesn't say, indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life after you die either, does it? It just says eternal mm. life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. So she asks him for mm. that water that he's speaking of. Yeah. Then it goes on, the more and more of the discussion. Now, where we were talking about it a minute ago, when you asked me what did she do with her container, did you ask me that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to find the verse that it's in. So do you think that we can take that literally? Whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. <laughs> do I think that we can take it literally? Yeah. What is that mm, water? I think that we are supposed to be able to, yeah. Mm. Have I taken that literally? Am I, living, am I a living example of a person who doesn't drink normal water? No. No, neither am I. So in verse 28 it says, Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? So yeah, verse 28. She left her water jar there. Why did she leave her water jar at the well? Because she now has that water that you know not of. She now has that infilling of never needing to come back and draw water again at the well because she is in the fullness of that everlasting water. Like that's probably how she was able to survive in the furnace. If She's that, full of water. If that account was <laughs> true, like she could have just what been do you mean the if essence it was of true? water. It's in the Bible. Of her being in the furnace. Oh, well that part's not in the Bible, no. No. Okay. It's just, I find it curious that that is in the Bible, that it actually states there that she left her water jar there. Mm, I, don't, I love it. I can't see a reason why that would be listed there for no reason. That's right. There she, is significance. She left her water jar there. 
I guess there, there is other logical explanations as to why she did. Maybe she was flustered, she couldn't believe that she had met the Son of God. That would be pretty flustering. Or perhaps her encounter with Jesus on that day changed the course of her life yep. completely to yep. the point where she realised yes. that the water that he was speaking of, the water of life, where she would never have to thirst again, mm. was hers for direct access at yeah. that moment. Like that encounter could have infused her with the eternal life of the DNA of Jesus. Like it could have actually, that encounter could have been that life-giving moment that could be everything that she needs moving forward. So like that could be a template for us as well, that as people are encountering us, that we're infusing into the DNA of one another, this life-giving energy that is removing from our cellular makeup the dependence on earthly bread and earthly food and earthly drink. Just a thought. Hmm. I also find it curious in the, in the same story that after she went back to the town and she told everybody that they didn't believe her until they came and met him themselves. And Jesus and the disciples <laughs> spent two days with them. So in verse 42, it says, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. So they also met Jesus personally there and their lives went on to be changed forever too from that moment. She was eternally impacted as they would have been and we don't know this, the ongoing story of the rest of the people in the story so I've not found anything about all these other guys that then found out the truth on that day either but we know a little bit about Fatini from what we've been able to research and it doesn't if you're interested in finding out more about her just type her name into Google obviously but you can also look at places like Google Scholar if you type Google Scholar into Google it's like another section of Google that has papers that people have written uh, for in their university studies, etc. So there's lots of places for you to find out more information. So from that time of meeting Jesus, she left her container. She no longer needed water. She went on to be baptized on the day of Pentecost. She then went on to be captured by Nero, the ruler of Rome at the time. Yet again, another person who was not happy with the truth of who Jesus was and wanting to control the narrative, the story, wanting to be the, the sole ruler. Mm. We're very yeah. uncomfortable with, with Jesus in the Bible, aren't we? And we're very uncomfortable with Jesus even after his death. We're very uncomfortable with him being all that we need. Yeah. Him having the source of the water of life mm. so that we don't need food and water anymore, that we only need mm. yeah. to know who he is mm. to survive. He really was a freedom guy, Jesus. Like, he, th there were no boxes, no containers. Like, we don't need our containers anymore. Like, there's this whole freedom thing that happens when people encounter Jesus and all of the people in the systems they don't like it. The kings don't like it. The religious people don't like it. The 
you know, all of the people that have got all of these, no, 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 we need to like rein it in, we need to keep control over these things you they're getting out of freedom. hand. You can't just go and do whatever you want to do. You can't live without food. That's ridiculous. You need to buy things from me. You need to come to me for advice. You need to come to me for wisdom. You need to come to me for all of the things that you th that I tell you that you need. Exactly. And you need to keep coming and you need to keep coming. But actually, no, that's the very system. That's the very things that Jesus came to set us free from so that we could live in this space where we have those things that we know not of, that food that we know not of, that drink that we know not of, this space of eternal life, that we're engaging with something, that our bodies are coming alive, that our cellular makeup is responding to the DNA of Jesus. We are hardwired into the infinite wonder of our DNA that is infused into his DNA, his bliss, that beautiful place of co-creation and connection with our creator, the father. And we are his sons, just like Jesus. Everything that was for Jesus is for us. So therefore we should be able to just cruise around life without taking containers to the well for water. Mm, yeah. We should be able to just be able to stay with people for days at a time like Jesus yeah. and his disciples did and if if that's not okay then we just dust off our sandals we've had to do that before haven't we Kylie yeah dust off our sandals and move on to the next yeah also find it curious that following what God has for you in in your life seems to produce discomfort we've covered that I think pretty well I don't I don't think it's going to be possible to prove that that's not the case that when you follow Jesus that your life is just one of complete and utter comfort I can't no. I can't see how we could come to that conclusion no and also then <laughs> if you're a person who's who likes to spread the good word of of Jesus the good news of who he is and what he's about and the freedom that knowing him gives you even though it's freedom within suffering, <laughs> it seems to be, um, then you're evangelical, you know, you cruise around, you tell people that good news, then but you also find opposition doing that. But haven't we transcended all of that now? Like we're not going around just evangelising the world. Like oh, I'm just talking about Fatini at this point, but yeah, I agree. I, I don't, for me, I'm not going around evangelizing the world maybe in the way that I was 10 years ago no yeah not for a lack of passion but just a new understanding that that the ways have changed that the ways that you would that you would go about that may have changed yeah definitely but for the likes of her she then becomes she then starts traveling she goes to Africa she goes other places and she ends up yeah being persecuted and that's a common that's a common theme I don't really know what to say about that because I don't know where I sit with that moving forward, like coming out. We're out of the age of the church now. We're transitioning into this beautiful kingdom age, this this age of grace and wonder and, and limitless capacity for more. Like we're, we're in this cosmic space of the multidimensional realms of the kingdom. Like So you're not, you're not in agreement with 
cruising around and suffering and dragging your no. cross around and no, evangelising. And no. 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 I don't think that's who we are. Like, we're not those people dragging our cross around going, oh, gosh, like, like a life of ministry is a hard life. Mm. No. Like, I'm not signing up for it, that. I'm not putting that on myself. I'm not saying, oh, well, this is the greatest sacrifice of all. No, the greatest sacrifice of all was that Jesus died for our freedom. Mm. And the greatest sorrow of all is that we keep crucifying him and crucifying ourselves in every moment instead of living in the freedom that he died to give us. Mm. Like that is the sadness. That is the part that I'm not sitting in that place of going, woe is me. Mm. Like we are sons. We cannot go back. We walk in this unenclosed field of dreams now where we are all one in that oneness together, in that, in that beautiful like expression of love for us. Like my energetic fields are quantum entangling with your energetic fields as together we are now remembering and re-embodying our divine vibration that we are light we are light we are wealthy beyond imagination like we are a vibration there is a vibration captured within us we in that oneness the oneness of our biology we are awakening to this dna that we carry within us the dna of sons the dna of jesus we are kings we are brothers we're sons we're daughters we are resting in the finished work of christ we don't need to be carrying our crosses anymore because it is finished like those containers are gone that container that she left at the well in that moment of encounter with jesus we're not in those containers anymore those containers are done they're gone the boxes are done the boxes are gone we are not contained. No. We cannot be contained. We cannot be contained. We're free. We're free. We We're live free. a life of freedom and adventure. Yes, absolutely. Like wildfire tribe, wildfire tribe. We are the freedom and adventure people. We are igniting those fires within your heart to say, you, you are free. You are already free. The price has already been paid. You can live in the goodness, in the overflow, in the wonder. We just need to get out of our head and come into our heart. Like just letting go. We're descending. Our mind is descending from that place of ego. And that limited understanding that we have, this two-dimensional, we're just reading the words on a page, and we are diving into the depths of the cosmic bliss that's held within our hearts. And we're diving into that beyond just the words of the Bible too, aren't we, Kyle? Absolutely. We're, we're prepared to actually have a look around and have a look around at the likes of this woman at the well and, and, and just investigate and find out a bit more about her and what it, what it meant in her life to have met Jesus face to face and mm. in that in that moment how it changed everything for her and apply anything that that came from her interaction mm. with Jesus to our own lives too yeah. just because that, this encounter this understanding we have of who she is beyond her meeting with Jesus in the Bible is just because it's not written there doesn't mean that there's not something for us to get from it and take 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 away from it you know she she no longer needed 
her container at the well after she met him. She went on to be evangelistic. She went on to be put in an oven for seven days and survived. Yeah. You know, like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Yeah. You know, hundreds of years after those guys. She, she went through... Uh, there's just when you read the account of some of the things that they did to her and the people that she travelled with, it's yeah, it's it's horrible stuff. In the end, yeah, uh, it says Brian Simmons' account of 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 what happened to her in the end was that she was thrown in the end head first deep into a dry well where she had an encounter with Jesus. <laughs> And that's how he actually finishes it off. He says, the woman at the well met Jesus again, face to face at the bottom of a well. But in the meantime, between those two events of meeting Jesus at the well the first time and and then eventually giving up her life Mm. to meet him again, she had some astronomical events happen in her life to the point of where you read the account of the torture and the things that happened to her and the people that she was traveling with, it's suggested that she actually had to give up her own life. She actually mm. had to call it a day. So it's, if that's the case, that that happened to her at the end of her existence for her to actually just say, okay, well, I am, I am just going now. Mm. She was also immortal. She had learnt how to live an immortal existence. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the interaction or the discussion around Paul and Paul giving up, <laughs> Paul dying daily. Yeah. Why, did, why did Paul have to die daily? Yeah, exactly. If Paul died daily, that meant that daily... He was died? He, was he born again? <laughs> he was born every day and he died every day. Perhaps he actually physically died every day exactly. and, and chose to come back to life. Perhaps there's something in there that we just pass over very quickly because it's beyond our understanding, it's beyond our comprehension. It's like this, oh no, but that could literally mean that. Well, what if it literally does mean that? Well, Jesus' interaction yet again at, with the woman at the well speaks of eternal life. Well, like that, that part there in verse 13, indeed the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So, so we're just outside broadcasting again and we're sort of at a park at the end of the street and a lovely young dog has come up to say hello. Have you got anything to say to everybody on the microphone? Hey buddy, what you doing? What's your name? He's a lovely fluffy dog. Looks like somebody brushes him. Hmm. He's a nice little dog, but he hasn't got anything to say. No. no he's just sniffing around. Mm. So the woman at the well, John chapter 4... Is all about her. Her name is Fatini. Look her up, learn more about her, get your own understanding of what it is that her interaction with Jesus meant for her and her family from that time on. And be empowered to realise that there is so much more. There's more to everything, just like there's more to you. Like your story has so much depth. There's so many layers. There's so many thoughts. There's so many pieces of you that I don't know about. There's so many pieces of you that even people that are close to you don't know about. So there are infinite realms of But who knows who about all are. of them? The creator of all. The creator. He knows how many hairs are on our head. He knows how many grains of sand are on all the beaches of the world. 
he knew all about the lady at the woman the woman at the well he knew all about her that's right that's what she said when she went back to yeah. town come and meet a man who knows all about me do you know that in some cosmic craziness all of those knowings are actually within us because he dwells within us the the creator of all the one who is all knowing our divine conscious reality is the one who dwells within us so somewhere in that space there's this ignition that's it's within it's like this you know that light that they speak of when we are conceived in the womb where there's this little light that switches spark on that spark that's reminding us who we already are that place that we come into this space of just there is just so much that is right there that we have access to that we don't know how to access. It's like it's been covered though. It's like, it's like we know that it's there deep down. We know. Like we, I know that when you're walking down the street or you're out having a coffee and you look across at people across from you, you can sort of sum them up. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I feel like deep down it's like, actually, I know a part of their story. I feel like I do. Mm. If I could just talk to them, maybe I could tell them about their life in a way that would be very surprising for them because I've not met them before. It's like, how do we know things like that? I, I feel like there's a connection. Like you say, there's a quantum entanglement between all of us also knowing that we're connected to Christ. You know, we're, con we're connected to our creator God. We're we're all interconnected in that way. So it's not surprising yeah. that we have an understanding of each other. It's not surprising that we are prompted to give somebody a, a phone call at a time when they need it. It's not, surprisingly, it's not surprising that we would be discovering the mysteries of God in different parts of the world that are all the same. And this happens all the time where somebody releases some new discovery online in America and then two people in New Zealand release something similar and we go, wow, what a coincidence. Is it a coincidence or is it because we're actually connected? Exactly. We actually know more about how the world works from the depths of our understanding of who our creator is. Yeah. And that we're just, the layers of that understanding are slowly peeling off as we <laughs> let them go, you know, yes. as we... As we, you know, we talk about the suffering of a Christian person, but I, I myself just feel like that suffering, that letting go of things is letting go of those layers, those layers that are mm. not intended for us. Yeah. We, we want to hang on to them. You know, you, people speak of uh, soul and spirit and mind and, and ego and all of those types of understandings too. I believe that personally that when you feel like you're suffering because you don't want to let go of something whether it's identity or it's and it's usually for me it's things like that it's it's like oh i feel so miserable right now because i haven't got the ability to travel to the, from a point a to point b in this fancy car but that person over there does or I have to live in this house and that person there gets to have a better house and it's the letting go of those understandings is painful it, it, it feels like it hurts to let those things go, but those things are to be let go for our own good. And I feel like sometimes as people of faith, we, we walk around miserable, feeling like the world is a terrible, horrible place to be because we're always suffering. But it's, sometimes it's just suffering for good, you know, for those things. If I just 
get over the fact that I need to have this, these few letters after my name on a business card to be important, or I need to have a particular looking car when I pull up to a, a party or people are gonna think less of me. If I can just let those things go, which God is wanting you to let go, and that's where that pain of it is, if you can just let them go, and just hang on to him with everything you've got, with the understanding that he is all that you need, that he he is at the well saying, I have everything that you need. You don't even need to be here to drink water. There's nothing that you need to carry. You don't need to even bring your container back next time. You don't even need to come here ever again because I am all that you need. If we can just understand that and let those layers go that we're hanging on to, yeah. that we call pain, then we would be a much finer, refined version of who we already are. Yeah. But it's it's that it, it seems difficult to do that. But it's it's like when we do do that, when we just become that ultimate version, that refined version of who we are, that that is who he had for us to be the whole way along anyway. When you take away from the story of the woman at the well, the fact that she had five husbands prior and you don't pay any attention necessarily even to that that's just attached to her name and mm. we apply some some level of judgment or understanding to that and is that even important yeah yeah exactly or is it the most important part of her story the fact that she met Jesus face to face and got an understanding of immortality in that moment yeah and all of the you know and that all of that imprisonment was gone in that moment. Those, those containers that capture our mind and capture our lives, you know, that we're in, we have this box, like linear thinking, that that's all exploded in that moment of encounter with, with Jesus. That there becomes like this infinite possibility where I don't know whether when she, before that encounter, whether she ever imagined that she would travel to Africa and whether she would do all of these different things and whether she would be able to stand in a furnace for seven days and not be burnt. Like something happens when you encounter, when you have that revelation of that love within you, that limitless capacity for more, that expansion of the way that you believe and think that that makes you believe that anything is possible. Mm, do you believe anything is possible? Yeah, I do. I do believe anything is possible and I do believe far more is possible than what is my reality. But then I also believe that my reality is far greater than it seems as mm. well. The ongoing discussion, the ongoing mystical conversation wildfiretribe.life is our website wildfiretribe.life please go there and have a look at all of the things that we get up to we have a link to patreon we spoke about patreon last week patreon is a platform whereby you can support our ministry you can support the production of this podcast yes plus all of the other things that are on our website there's all types of things that we get up to. And we also would like to thank those people that are partnering with us already, those people that are supporting us financially to be able to keep doing the work that we're doing. We thank you for the feedback we're receiving as to 
the value that you're placing upon the work that we're doing. We thank you. We love interacting with people and we just ask that that more people who listen to this podcast that's been listened to in 15 countries around the world. Yeah, yes. Would uh, give us feedback and go onto our Facebook page, Instagram, TikTok, all of those things and like, share and comment. Particularly share things if you like them. Don't just scroll past them. Please share them amongst other people. We're creating content, guys, to expand your capacity for more. Like mm. we want to encourage you in your walk. And for we us want, too. We want this to be um, a place where you can, the like a conversation helps us too. Absolutely, it so does. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I find that it does. The more that we get to talk about the mysteries of God, you know, the more that we actually get to process them ourselves as well. So thank you for listening. Thank mm. you for partnering with us. And yeah, if, if you're enjoying it, Yes. Please keep on tuning in. And guys, we're so excited too. May um, is uh, the month where we are launching our monthly tribe gatherings. So from this month onwards, we every month we'll be having a tribe gathering for all of our patrons on Zoom. And this will just be awesome, a real community building So you can space. connect with us face to face on Zoom, yep. can't you? And you yeah. can just sit there From and anywhere in the world. Once a month if yep. you're a Patreon supporter and once a month we can sit there and we can discuss things just like this or have yep. any questions that you want to talk about. Yeah, or absolutely. Anything that we want to share with you, we can do that face to face with you and we're looking forward to doing that yep. with people all around the world. We also have a fortnightly men's group where we gather together called Fireside and that is for men to sit around the campfire and discuss the mysteries of God yet again. That's all that matters to us. That's all that matters to me is is God, you know, he's, he's everything and he's the subject of our conversation and we can talk about cars and motorbikes and stuff like that but only if it's got to do with God. That is an exciting group. And it's I exciting, know... is it, Kylie? Well, I, it is a, it, it's a, well, it's an awesome space for guys. It's just I've been chipping Kylie I'm, about the word exciting because she says it all the time. Everything it's exciting. is so it's exciting. exciting. It is. And exciting, and it is, exciting. is like an easy word to say. It rolls out of my mouth really easily because mm. I'm just excited about this amazing journey into the deeper things and the mystical things of God. Yeah. So our so encouragement for you exciting. today is to delve deeper, look at the woman in the well, look at her story. Look at the stories of the people in the Bible that have no name. Yeah. The people who who Jesus healed. Mm. What is their story? What is their yeah. story beyond that moment? What did mm. they go on to do? It's just amazing to be able to dive into the research. There is way more than what's just in the Bible, and that's yeah. not to talk the Bible down in any way, but that's just an outline. Thank you for listening to us at Wildfire Tribe. We yes. really appreciate your ears yeah. and your interaction with us online. Yes, and you can join us next week right here again on all the what podcast platforms. What are we talking platforms. about next week, Kylie? We're going to be talking about divine health. Divine health. Yes. The divinity within our DNA, guys. This is going to be a really exciting... And I've got an amazing testimony of my own journey of divine health. Mm. And um, this is like I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> so jump into Spotify and all of those places. Yeah. Meantime, connect with us, wildfiretribe.life, our website. And, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, Thank have you. an amazing, amazing, amazing week, guys. We love you.
Bye. Thank you. Amazing, amazing week, guys. We love you. Bye. Thank you.